Okay. I want to do one of these sort of word association questions right as we start this morning. So bear with me, it may or may not work. I'm not after you speaking an answer out, but I do want you to answer it in your head. That if I say a particular word, I want you to nail what the first word was which came to mind after that, okay? So, um, you know, uh, uh, just see if, we, if, if it works. It's only one word I'm going to use. Freedom. Now, I don't know about your answer. Mine was from. I wanted to be free from a whole load of different things. And uh, when I was at uh, Polytechnic, when I was at university in a long, long time ago, in 1985, I got, a, I got a real shock. I'd been a believer for a couple of years, and uh, we were in a particular lecture, and I never quite understood the purpose of these lectures because I was studying uh, a degree called land management, which is about surveying and valuing properties and understanding how they'd get put together and things like that. And we used to have a series of lectures every year uh, called something along the lines of, I think it was urban social analysis. And basically it was sort of psychology for surveyors. Now, I don't know with you how many surveyors you know, but surveyors aren't good at psychology. Um, they tend to have quite sort of engineering type mindsets and, uh, and these lectures were like pulling teeth. They were agony for me. I never really quite got hold of what was going on and uh, uh, yeah, it just didn't make much sense. But one of the lecturers had a great impact. I think it was his desire in life to get hold of a bunch of what he perceived as middle class, relatively privileged uh, 19 year olds and grab them by the scruff of the neck and shake them hard and challenge all of their values and preconceptions about life. And uh, the lecturer's name was Eugene, Eugene Harris, I think, if I remember correctly. And uh, in one particular lecture, he just got me. And the reason he got me was this. He started talking about freedom in a way I'd never understood freedom. And uh, he said this, he basically said there are two aspects to freedom. You can put things into two categories. He said most people will think freedom from. Freedom from this, freedom from pain, freedom from hassle, from uh, uh, tyranny of uh, whatever may be going on in your life, freedom from uh, things we want to change in our life, perhaps anger or bitterness or hurt or pain or freedom from our circumstances, freedom from not having enough or freedom. He said, but there's another aspect of freedom. When he said this, it just hit me because I'd never really understood it. And it was this, it's freedom too. And he said, most people don't get the freedom too because their background and their life circumstances is they have not been taught to understand that actually there is also freedom we need to come into. And that's about how we live, how we think, and how we work. And uh, yeah, 34 years on, I suppose it is something like that. I'm so grateful for that lecture because it caused me to think differently. It caused me to... Think about the whole thing of, well, what is freedom? 
And of course, the reality is freedom contains aspects of both from and to. In order to enjoy the two, we often need to get free from the from. Hope that made sense. Today, we're continuing our series in the book of Galatians. And we're going to pick up this theme of freedom. In fact, we're also going to read from the book of John. So if you're able to, and if you've got a Bible with you, if you can find Galatians chapter 2, but also then put your finger in John 8 as well, John chapter 8 as well, because we're going to read from both of these passages. I'm actually going to read from uh, uh, Galatians first from chapter 2, verse 1 through to verse 5, but we're actually only going to be focusing really on verses 3, 4, and 5. This is Paul writing to uh, a young church in Galatia. Um, Fourteen years later, he's giving an explanation of some of his history. Fourteen years later, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus also uh, along with me. I went in response to a revelation and set before them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. But I did this privately to those who seemed to be the leaders, for fear that I was running or run my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. And then if you can flip to the Gospel of John, chapter 8, we're going to read just a few verses from verse 31. This is uh, uh, an account of Jesus' life. So it says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and we've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Let's just pray. Father, we want to say thank you for your word. I want to say thank you, Father. It's there to uh, draw us closer to you, to bring a revelation of who you are. To shape our minds, but to also shape our hearts. To cause us to know you. We ask, Holy Spirit of God, would you just as you've been with us in our worship, would you come and help us as we look at your word to get to know our Father better, to get hold of the grace of God even more in our lives, to let it shape us and mould us, to live in this freedom we're reading about, truly free indeed. Thank you, Father. Come, Spirit of God, we ask, help us in your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
So you may wonder what's going on. We'll start in this passage in Galatians. You may wonder what, what, what you know, we, we've just taken a, a, a little window, really, of a much bigger passage. What's going on? Well, Paul is really giving a defense for the gospel and for his ministry. He's, um, uh, he's been accused, it would appear, of, uh, uh, by some uh, of uh, uh, not, being, uh, not getting hold of the gospel fully, uh, and he's bringing a defense on that, really. He's bringing his defense where he's saying, no, hang on, you need to understand this is the impact of the gospel, and this is the true gospel. And he's worried because the Galatians have started to believe a false gospel. They've got bound up, it would appear, in, word, in works, and uh, that actually salvation is through what you do, not by the grace of God. And so he's starting to... Uh, explain the journey he came on, the journey he came, uh, and, and how he went and uh, uh, went up to Jerusalem, uh, took Titus along with him, and he challenged what he believed was error uh, going on in Jerusalem, particularly around this matter of whether you had to be circumcised to be a Christian or not. That was fundamentally the issue at hand which was going on at this point in time. And Paul is basically uh, bringing a view that the grace of God frees us from religion. Uh, if you could read it right in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen, it's sort of the title for the series, it says freed from religion. Actually, grace of God brings us freedom from religion. And uh, what's interesting to note here is just how Paul describes what's going on. I just want to uh, uh, use verses 4 and 5, just briefly pluck out from verses 4 and 5, which I think gives a, a flavour for what's going on, because Paul is using some quite strong words here. Uh, uh, you know, he says, this matter arose because some false brothers, false brothers, I mean, you aren't going to accuse somebody of being false just ca casually. So that's a, a big statement. Do, is this mic dropping in and out? Do you want me to, Gordon, is there something you can do, or do you want me to go on to handheld? Handheld, Okay. Okay, right, we'll try this one. Okay, so he uses this phrase, false brothers. And they're strong words. You know, he's saying basically there are believers there, there are brothers there in the church who are not handling truth well. And I think it's always helpful for us to just pause at this point because we all may think, rotten bunch of people, God, typical. And yet actually... It's really easy for us to mishandle the word of God as well, to make, manipulate it, to try and use it to our own ends. And I just want to encourage us, let's, let's make sure we're open to what God wants to say to us today. Maybe the Father, by his spirit, wants to come and reveal that we've been handling the word wrong. We've been using the word to our ends. Let's be people who are shaped by the word of God not people who shape the word of God. He then goes on, he says, they infiltrated our ranks. Wow. Wow. That, he really is using quite strong language here. They infiltrated our ranks. Do you know what? I just want to make this observation. You know, if you ever have somebody come up to you and say, let me tell you a truth, but 
don't say it out loud. I'm, I'm going to take you to a quiet place where nobody else will hear what I'm saying. Beware, there are people who would love to infiltrate our ranks who want to bring a false gospel. They want to bring a gospel which brings attention to themselves, which gives them a, a, a right as a leader. It creates, well, you've got, you're now following them. You're not following the gospel, you're following them, their view of the gospel. Beware. Why have they come? They've come to spy on the freedom we have in Christ. Wow. To spy on the freedom and to make us slaves. Do you know what? True freedom in Christ is compelling. It is so attractive. People will come and look and try to copy it. But understand this. There is only one way to true freedom in Christ, and it's in the phrase, it's in Christ. It's not in any other way. True freedom in Christ comes as we understand and know who Jesus Christ is, as we understand and uh, relate with the Father through, uh, by the Son through the Spirit. That's where true freedom in Christ comes, nowhere else. It's not a false gospel. It's not making up rules and regulations no, no, it's understanding it's the grace of God. To make us slaves. Just remind ourselves, who wants to make us slaves? Satan. He hates us having a relationship with God. He wants to make us as ineffective as possible. He's out to destroy and to harm believers. He doesn't want people to worship Almighty God. Understand, he longs to make us slaves. And then beware. Beware. Be careful. If you get a hint of slavery, if you get a hint of feeling, oh, I'm, I'm being controlled, I'm being held back, that's not about the gospel. That's not what Christ is into. He, he, Jesus came to bring freedom. If you feel in slavery today, God wants to set you free. Jesus wants to come and minister grace to you and bring you into a place of freedom. He goes on, he goes, hey, we didn't give in to them, by the way. <laughs> didn't need to say this, but he just wants to make a really clear point. He goes, don't give in to them. Don't give way to lies. Don't give way to Satan who wants to ensnare us and put us into slavery. Don't give way to that. Don't get tempted away from godly truth, especially by subtle distortions of truth. And he says, well, and this is why. So the truth of the gospel might remain with you or be preserved for you. In other words, so the gospel goes forward. He's a gospel man. He's, he's focused on the gospel of grace. He wants to make sure that everybody in Galatia gets hold of the truth of the gospel, that it's by grace we're saved not any other way, not by works, and we're not saved to then have to perform in a particular way, that we, we start adding rules and regulations about our performance. No, we're, we're saved for relationship. We're saved for relationship with Almighty God through his Son, by, uh, with his Spirit helping us and to know the love of the Father. Wow. So a key component of this gospel the key component of the gospel with respect to freedom is this. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. That's how we find freedom. It's the grace of God that we find freedom. 
the outworking, the grace of God is the outworking of God's unconditional love in our lives by God's spirit who quickens the reality of that love into what it means in our hearts. So I don't know if you remember last time I was preaching on gospel, I used a, um, uh, an acronym for gospel. And we said G stands for grace of God. O for outrageous, unconditional love. S, the spirit of God. You see, these three things come together. They're at the core of the gospel. The spirit stirs in our hearts the fact that God loves us. He draws us to the Father to the unconditional love of God, which is demonstrated in Christ Jesus' death on the cross for our sin, and that we come into the presence of the Father. That is the grace of God, that we don't do it by works, we don't do it by what we achieve or anything else. We do it because God chooses to love us. Hallelujah. That's the beginning of the gospel. The result of that is peace with God. The result of that is we want everybody else to know it. That's E. And the way we do that is by living lives of living sacrifice, of absolute surrender to him. So you may be sitting here and asking, how do I get hold of this freedom? How do I understand this freedom? Knowing that it starts in the grace of God, and that's where I want us then to turn to that passage we read in John chapter 8. Because Jesus makes some outrageous claims here. And yet we know they're true. I find them outrageous. I remember years and years and years ago, I used to have uh, one of these verses on a poster. Somebody, I think, must have given it to me. I was a new believer. I was about 18 at the time. And it had a picture, and, uh, and the picture was basically words, and it said things like anger, bitterness, hatred, pain. And, and this poster, which was probably A2 size, had probably something like 40 or 50 or even 60 words describing uh, how we can so easily get bound up because of what's happened to us, because of sin and because of shame. And then at the bottom it just said this, this verse from John 8, 36. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. I used to be on the wall of my bedroom for years and years and years. And uh, I still, <laughs> still remember it. So let's, let's just remind ourselves about this freedom that Christ brings. The first one, first point is this. Christ came to set us free from sin. Thomas, if we have the uh, first slide, please. Christ came to set us free from sin through repentance and forgiveness. He came to set us free from sin, not just the sin which we did, but also the sin which has been done to us. Christ comes to bring freedom. And the keys to it is this, repentance and forgiveness. Sin removes our freedom, Christ reinstates freedom as sin is dealt with that done by us and that done to us sin things that can control us habits bitterness pain fears patterns of behavior as we resolve issues of sin in our life both that done to us and done by us through repentance and forgiveness god does a great work of freedom amen 
Let me give an example. You may be stuck in anger today. You may be living a life out of anger. Maybe because of some hurt or some pain. Maybe from years and years earlier in your life. Maybe from something which happened this morning. You can be freed from anger's grasp as you do two things. As you forgive those who hurt you and as you repent of your part, the part you had to play in that, how you have dealt with that, how you have responded to that. If you repent of ungodly anger, it's very self. Because anger is, if it's ungodly anger, and most is, then it's wrong, it's sin. You can be free. You may not realise that, you, but you can be. You can be free from it today. I believe that God today, by his spirit, He's wanting to stir some things in our hearts. It may not be about anger. It may not be about bitterness. It may not be about unforgiveness. It may be something that happened to you or something you've done which you feel you can never be forgiven for. And the truth is, the truth is this, that Christ came to set us free from sin. Full stop, end of. Now, the choice we have is, will I accept that? Will I engage with it? Will I let that change my life? Repentance and forgiveness are keys. The second thing is this. Truth brings us freedom. Truth brings us freedom. Beware of compromising truth. In this passage, Jesus, 8, uh, John 8, 32, 33 says, The truth will set us free. The truth will set us free. Well, you may say, well, what is truth? Isn't all truth relative? Of course, if you're of a particular uh, generation, you may say, well, all truth is relative. There is no absolute truth. That's a lie. Can I say that's a lie from the pit of hell? No, there is absolute truth. There's absolute truth which was embodied in the person of Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. He is the truth. But he also came to bring the truth. He brought the truth. He demonstrated the truth. He lived it out. He didn't just say, do this, but don't, what, don't look at how I'm going to live. No, he said, do this and watch how I live. He demonstrated the truth of the gospel for us. Can I just warn us, though? It's so easy to compromise truth. And the thing is, as soon as you give just a few millimeters, then very quickly everything else goes. Let's be clear. We are people of the truth. As Christians, we're people of the truth. We're people of Jesus, who is the truth. We're people of the truth that we find in this, in this thing we call the Bible, this book we call the Bible. It's a book of truth. It brings a revelation of who God is. It is the truth. Let's beware of compromising it. Instead, let's take hold of it. It has 
good things in store for us. It has richness. It has purpose for us. Here's an example. Seeing as we've got baptisms coming up, I've often, I say I've often, I've regularly had this sort of conversation with people. Well, I've not been baptized as a believer, as an adult believer, because God said to me it's okay. Really? I think the challenge with that is this. In his word, he says, believe and be baptized. So either God isn't consistent, or you haven't heard him right. I know which one I think that one will be. You may think that's a bit harsh, but that's what the truth says. The truth says, believe. That is, put your faith in Jesus, and when you have, be baptized. It's pretty categoric. There isn't really much wriggle room there. And yet, sometimes in our hearts we think, well, I don't want to do that. But it's not about what we want to do. It's about obedience. Obedience to the Father. Surrender to him. Saying, well, if you're Lord, I'm going to follow your ways. I'm going to let your truth shape my life. Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's about how you handle your money and your possessions. Or even how they handle you. Maybe that needs surrender. Maybe it's about how you deal with your next door neighbour or the person who sits next to you at work. And it's about loving them. As we're called to love each and every person. To love our neighbour as ourselves. Maybe it's something else. We can't compromise the truth. If we do, we lose everything. Friends, let's be a people of truth. Let's make the culture fit the gospel, not the gospel fit our culture. Let's hold on to it. Let's apply it. Let's live it. Let's let it shape us and minister to us. And let's let it bring us to that great place of freedom. Because the truth applied in our lives will do just that. Even the truth over repentance and forgiveness, forgiving others, repenting before God, living holy lives before God, walking by his spirit, engaging with his spirit, allowing his spirit to lead us and guide us and draw us to the Father and the Father's love. Some of us were compromised on that. We said, well, it's an optional extra. I'm really not convinced it is. In fact, I'm convinced it isn't an optional extra. No, the truth is that actually we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Well, he brings us to the Father. He assures us of the Father's love. I want to be assured that I'm loved. I want to be assured I'm brought into that place of sonship, that I'm a child of God. That's what the truth does. And the Spirit quickens that. And as we're obedient to the truth, it builds in our hearts and lives. It yields great fruit. Friends, are we compromising the truth? Are we letting the truth bring us true freedom? To that place of freedom where it penetrates our lives. The third thing about freedom is this. Thomas, if we have the next slide, please. We have choices to make. We have choices to make. I could... Talk about freedom from this platform for the next 9, 12 months, for the next 9, 12 years. 
I was going to say the next nine, 12 decades, but I'm not going to be around for that long. But ultimately, if you don't choose to engage with the truth, there's nothing I can do about it. You've got to make a choice. Each one of us need to make a choice. It's as simple as that. We have choices to make. Life is made up of choices. And this is no different. We have choices to make. Are we going to allow the grace of God, the love of God to penetrate our lives, to bring us to that place of freedom, freedom from sin, both that done by us and that done to us, that we're shaped by the truth of the gospel, that we surrender ourselves to the truth of the gospel, the whole gospel of God, and therefore live in Christ's freedom? Or are we going to say, I did it my way? I'll live without it. I'll cobble it together in some other way because I don't ultimately want to surrender. You see, if we don't grab hold of the word of God, if we don't allow it to shape us and shape our lives, then, to be frank, it's quite unlikely we're ever going to find that true freedom. If we don't resolve issues relating to sin, either done by us or done to us, it's unlikely we'll find that real freedom, that genuine freedom in Christ. And if we don't choose to renew our minds through surrender to God and actively apply the word of God, then it's unlikely we'll ever live in the freedom that God has for us. I think it'd be good to pause at this point I think the Spirit of God is here and he wants to minister to us. I thought in our worship, as uh, Helen brought that reading from Ezekiel, and then Neil prayed off the back of it, of bones coming to life. God was speaking to us about the life he wants to bring. I've come that you may have life, and life in all its fullness. John 10, verse 10. That's the sort of life we've been called into a life of genuine freedom as Julia brought that picture of the broken jigsaw puzzle and God saying he wanted to restore the pieces didn't you sense the spirit stirring something inside of you didn't you say oh yes please I want some of that please Lord I want it for my brothers and my sisters in this church I want it for myself in this church I want us to be a church like that a church of broken people who are restored in Christ and that we're constantly adding and engaging more and more broken people that they could come into this fullness that we're talking about today in Christ true genuine freedom friends if that's you if you're longing for that I want to invite you to stand at this moment please just invite the spirit of god we say holy spirit you're so welcome here we love what you're doing we thank you for what you're doing amongst us for how you're speaking to us we say would you come come and minister truth deep into our hearts show us where we've been compromising truth help us to repent of it and to put your place in the right, uh, put your truth in the right place in our lives.
We say, Spirit of God, would you come and show us where sin is entangling our lives and stopping us enjoying the true freedom that you bring in Christ for us. We just welcome you, Spirit of God, we welcome you. Say, you're so welcome here. We surrender ourselves to you. Now, I'm going to be quiet for a moment and just use this opportunity just to nail some things with God, to start a process here. you Lord we welcome your spirit come and have your way amongst us we say more of you less of us highlight those things we need to deal with thank you we can trust you we don't need to go rummaging you'll bring them to light grace to deal with them Lord to make healthy choices to surrender where we need to surrender give us grace for that help us let go repent where we need to repent particularly about how we see your word and standing in judgment over it and not letting it shape us and mould us give us grace to change please Lord extend your grace to us now help us Help us to make good choices. To start to nail it now. And then come Spirit of God and strengthen us for the journey ahead. That we'd live lives defined by grace. Shaped by your truth. Lives of true freedom. Lives of great freedom. Come, Lord Jesus. We love you.
love what you're doing amongst us. We say you're so welcome here. Restore us where we're broken, where our edges have got torn and damaged. Come and restore the pieces of our lives. Knit us closer together, stronger together, we ask, Lord. That we would be a picture of the grace of God, of the goodness of God, of the loving mercy of God to all those around us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Please take your seat. You may want to follow up on something here. You may have felt the Spirit of God speak to you. I would encourage you to do that. Discuss it in your life group. Talk to a friend. Grab somebody who can pray with you after the meeting. Make sure that you you don't just walk out of here. Okay, folks, uh, that is our fire alarm. Please stop and just listen to instructions unless you're a steward. Can I have the volume up, please, on the PA so I can be heard? That is our fire alarm. Please, first of all, if you're a parent, do not collect your children. Your children will be brought out to the car park in a safe way. You don't go and collect your children. Please leave the building by any of the fire exits. We have two fire exits at the end of the building there. One at the bit there and two either side of the stage. Don't take belongings with you. Please make sure you help the elderly and the infirm.